You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to an extremely disappointing episode of the Assembly Call. As today, your Indiana Hoosiers uh, blew a 22-point lead and lose and lose again at the Kohl Center to Wisconsin, 64 uh, to 59, uh, ending the game on an 11-0 run. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Chris Williams and Ryan Phillips, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. And uh, let's start this show the way we we start every show, and that is with uh, our banner moment. And on nights like this, it gets to be extremely uh, difficult uh, to to find. Uh, a banner moment, but if there was one, the start, uh, Indiana had some bad starts to games uh, recently and fell behind, and this one was just the opposite, Uh, a great first half followed by an absolutely horrible second half uh, of basketball, but the banner moment has to be the the way they came out and executed and really dominated play in the first half, Uh, jumping out to uh, uh, leads throughout the segments. Um, starting out uh, 19 to nine after about eight minutes, pushing it up uh, to 42 to 20, uh, and then maybe a, a sign to come. The uh, uh, 5-0 run to end the half uh, was a telltale sign of the second half. Um, but that's about uh, what we can find is uh, is good is the first half performance because the second half performance fell um, I- I- extremely extremely um, uh, short. Uh, so, um, I need to do, our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the assembly call and their first at presenting spot at, at the presenting sponsor for the back home network. As you think about what Christmas presents to get your loved ones, make sure that your online shopping includes a trip to homefieldapparel.com. For the IU fans in your life, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. And for fans of other college teams, Homefield probably has something for them too considering their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly Business School. What could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo promo code HOME uh, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts uh, from the rest of our, our team. Uh, Ryan, uh, fire away, bud. It's your rant. That was embarrassing. Flat out embarrassing. It's, you know, top to bottom, players, coaches, whoever, this is on all of you. Like, they were up, what was it, 20 was the max? 22, 22. something like that? 22 was the max. They were up 22 in the first half and lost because they played like absolute garbage in the second half. And the fact that they couldn't draw something up to get a single open look in the second like if you look at the second half, some of the buckets were uh, Xavier Johnson had a layup. A couple of the buckets were putbacks by Race Thompson. 
Michael Durr had a little jumper and then, uh, and then he went and, and got a layup that was contested, but went in, I mean, where, where are the open looks? Like what, what are you doing? It, it, there were, they were lazy screens at the top. You're seeing dribble handoff, which does nothing but create a little bit of side to side motion, the pick and roll. They weren't even trying to attack that. Yeah. Wisconsin's defense got better. A couple guys didn't play well, but at some point, can you draw up one play to get an open look and maybe change some momentum? And they didn't. Can you, can you as a point guard go to one play to figure it out and get an open look? No, the answer is no. They made seven field goals in the second half, seven, three of nine from the free throw line. They just can't, they can't execute. And this team has shown so far this year, they can't, they're incapable of playing two, two good halves of basketball. They played phenomenally in the first half. Absolutely phenomenally scored 42 points in the first half and 17 in the second half on the road against Wisconsin. Did you think Wisconsin wasn't going to start hitting shots? Did you think Wisconsin wasn't going to play better in the second half and that you would have to up your game? They came out like they just expected Wisconsin to roll over and give them the win. It's uh, it's completely inexcusable. Nothing that happened tonight is excusable. I, guys didn't play that great. Okay, fine. Guys didn't, you know, give the effort in the second half they did in the first, fine. But as a coaching staff, and I'm not just putting us on, on Woodson, I'm putting it on the entire staff. You have to turn that around. Do something to get guys in the game. Parker Stewart didn't have an open look the entire second half. He hit a couple threes in the first half. Looked like he was going well. Did not have an, a, a single open look in the second half. Miller Cop, same thing. Anthony Leo comes in, doesn't even get a shot off because they can't find a way to get him open on the perimeter. Guys were moving. Guys were doing stuff. They just weren't open. You have to be able to crack that code. You have to have something in your back pocket to get an easy basket when you really need it. And they don't. And they didn't. Trace Jackson Davis really struggled at the rim. Xavier Johnson, one of 10 in the second half after a brilliant first half. One of 10 in the second half because his he, honestly, I'm not even that mad at him because nobody else was doing anything. At least he was trying to go to the hoop. I hate it when he shoots a pull-up jumper. I hate it when he shoots a three-pointer from five feet behind the three-point line, but when he's driving, at least he's trying to do something when nobody else was. It's like they won the first half and they thought the game was over and they did not play it. They did not deserve, deserve to win at all. I can't stand Wisconsin, but credit Wisconsin for saying, we're down 22, we're going to win this game, and actually trying and pushing to the finish line. This was a horrible, horrible loss. I don't care that coming in you thought that's an automatic loss and you checked it off early in the season when you're looking at the schedule. They should have won this game, and their lack of effort and focus is what caused them to lose it, and that's on everybody, top to bottom. You can blame players all you want. That's on everybody, top to bottom, for not putting in enough effort to win this game, and I'm sorry, but if you're wearing that Indiana jersey and you don't put in enough effort to win, you deserve everything you get, and that's a loss, and so... I'm sick of this. This is the worst Wisconsin loss we've ever had, and we've had some really bad ones. Being up 22 at the Kohl Center and losing, that's on the team. That's on everybody involved with this program. You cannot play like that and expect to do well. This is not a team. Like, How do you expect to beat Purdue, beat Wisconsin? You can't. So there it is. That I, I mean, just an absolute disappointment from top to bottom. They do not deserve to win. I hope the plane ride home sucks because it should. That's a game they should have won, and they didn't. 
Chris Williams joins us tonight. We were supposed to have uh, Rick Bozich, but the Louisville AD situation is going crazy down there in Louisville, and he had to do some reporting. He apologizes for not being on the show, but we always enjoy having Chris Williams, and I, also known as IU Artifacts. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on uh, the, the loss tonight, 64-59 uh, at the Cole Center? I mean, Ryan's echoing so much of what I'm thinking, so I, I think Just be redundant. came out – yeah, we came out to, to not lose in the second half. We've done that so many times. I think with this team, I, I don't, you know, we could talk about all this stuff leading up the week about, okay, we haven't won since 98. And okay, who on the team, you know, all the cute stuff about, oh, this guy wasn't even born. Okay, the fact is, is that you got to find a way to win the game when you're completely dominating offensively and you're taking them out of their, their sets, you're making them defense, offensively frustrated. Uh, I think about the two times in the end of, first half when Leo came in and, and really gave Davidson, uh, uh, you know, you know, that inbounds def- defensive play. And then when he had to kind of throw something up at the top of the key and I'm thinking way we lose. And then we come out, we expect them to, uh, you know, do exactly what they're supposed to do. We, we see them come out and come back into the game to hit some shots. And then, you know, they kept missing some shots when I thought they would hit them. And I think I was thinking to myself, okay, we're now going to get back in. But then we kept running the same thing where Xavier, you know, gets a high ball from Trace and drives in to try to draw a foul, and it didn't work. And I agree that Trace was not aggressive defensively, and I agree that I agree with Coach. We were talking about before he missed some shots around the rim where he should have converted, and so did Race, and so did Miller. But we had no three-pointers in the second half. I don't even think Parker attempted a shot the second half, which how you don't get him open or how you don't get – I mean, why is Leal out on the floor in the first place if he's not shooting the ball? He's not shooting the ball. He's not out there. Now, granted, he played good defense, not great defense, but he's not out there for his defensive abilities out there to shoot the ball. The fact that we I don't I don't even remember. Do we even how many threes did we even attempt? Do we attempt the three in the second half? Maybe five. one. Five. I don't even know. Five. In the second half? Okay. So we were over five in the second half. But so and two of them were at the end when Stewart was just forcing stuff. So there. So yeah, when we kept running that same high ball screen. And Trace was supposed to cut to the basket. They knew it was coming. They would double team him, and we didn't find anybody else to go by. And I know that Xavier was trying to go in to draw a foul, but it wasn't working. And, yeah, I don't even know what else to say, except there's no reason we should have lost this game tonight. We played completely flat the second half. We came out to not win the game, to lose the game, or we came out not to lose the game. And – I don't know if it comes down to Trey sitting too long, Xavier sitting too long, that second unit that came in that kind of kept things around 10, 12 points. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of speechless by the effort in the second half. It was abysmal. So not else. Uh, yeah, nothing really else to say there. Yeah, you know, it, it um, the last few plays, I think um, – Unfortunately, every everyone was a little shell shocked that the game got close, and, and and it just kind of fell apart in in the last two minutes, which which is inexcusable uh, to play. But um, the post should have been wide open in the second half, and, and the post player should have dominated in the second half, and they simply didn't. Uh, Wisconsin came out and was double teaming hard to start the game. That's why there were three point shooters open, and Indiana did a good job of getting three point shooters open off of the double team and hitting shots. 
And then uh, Wisconsin uh, stayed on shooters uh, in the second half, which should open up our strength, which is Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. Uh, and they were getting pushed off the block uh, and catching way out wide and having to face up and then took driving shots that weren't very good, or they were missing shots at the rim. Uh, when when your, your best players don't play well, you're not going to have a good half. Um, and our best players were not very good today. Uh, at all. That's being nice. Um, you know, but there were the ball was in the hands of your best players. Um, and, you know, Indiana was taking what uh, Wisconsin was doing, but uh, Wisconsin Post outplayed Indiana's Post. And you have an All American. And, and that, that, that cannot happen. Um, their big guys crashed. How many offensive rebounds were given up uh, and then kick out threes in the second half? The post Especially players. Where, as soon as Wisconsin got the momentum, it seemed like they were the, getting tons of second The chances. post players tonight in the second half was the most disappointing thing for me. And that's even with Xavier Johnson having a really bad half. So you have your three best players had absolutely awful, awful uh, second halves. Um, and. and you know, the, the thing is, you lose an opportunity not only to end the Cole Center, uh, but this team's not a tournament team. Um, and, and this was a – there's only limited chances to get in quad one wins, and you had a 22-point lead uh, to get a win. Uh, we need to all adjust our, our thoughts on, on this basketball team. There, there are a lot of uh, issues of learning the game and, and learning how to put people away and play in two halves. Indiana hasn't played two halves for, for a long time. So the storyline – really that I to, to go back is how, how can someone play so well for a half and, and then so poorly for a second half I think that's that's the main storyline um, Ryan y- your thoughts on why we're seeing this in in many ball games either it's a slow start and then a, a strong finish or tonight it was an absolutely beautiful beautiful first half followed by the biggest dud you could ever imagine um, I, I don't causes know causes for I that. Mean- they're coming out flat way too often after the break. I mean, they were they were completely flat after the break. I mean, they, they absolutely were. And then it only got worse as the game faded um, down the stretch. And and here's what I'll say, because some people are reacting to things we're saying. And I said some stuff on Twitter and, and people are reacting to that. No one is saying Mike Woodson can't win at Indiana. We're criticizing a game. We're analyzing a game. We're not talking about the overall strength of the program or the direction of the program. I have said endlessly, the program is headed in the right direction. Mike Woodson has done a very good job since he got the job. But when there's a bad game, you're going to criticize every aspect of the game. That includes his coaching. That doesn't mean that Indiana's terrible and they'll never win again or anything like that. People need to understand there are two different views on this. And one is that this game was horrible. And if you coach a game that goes sideways like this, you're going to take some heat. You need to be better. Yeah, it's only game nine of his tenure or something, but I'm sorry, you're up 22 and you lose. I don't care how far into your tenure you are. That's embarrassing for you. So I know he feels it too. Mike Woodson's going to say the same thing. But as far as like the two halves thing, I have no idea, coach. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever because they knew what they were doing and how to beat Wisconsin. You know Wisconsin's going to adjust to you. You know Wisconsin is going to do some different things defensively, maybe cover the shooters a little more, leave the inside open. But they couldn't even Im- they couldn't get the ball into the post to Thompson and and Trace Jackson Davis consistently because Wisconsin's bigs were defending them well and going over the top on to cut off passing lanes. And both Trace and uh, Race and uh, weren't creating space. 
you know, for the pass to come in cleanly. Then you've got guy, you've got Xavier Johnson or Rob Finnessy bailing out on even letting them get to work in the post to get some room and moving the ball along and just doing dribble handoffs or just swinging the ball endlessly around the perimeter. Then you've got a ton of guys just standing around offensively. I mean, the second half, this this offense is supposed to be more up tempo, supposed to have a lot of movement. If guys are standing around and you're not getting openings because of that, take them out of the game. Bring somebody else in. You have this depth you've talked about and that you've used at times. Change it up. And and I do feel like he's stuck with the same guys who weren't doing anything a little bit too long, especially early in the in the half. Now he stole some minutes for his starters late and brought them back on fresh. And that was a nice job to continue to keep the lead and bring those guys in. They went with them, I think, that that second unit a little bit too long, maybe a minute or two too long, but there were no stoppages and he wasn't going to use his timeout, I guess. Uh, and then he finally did. But once those guys came back in, it was the exact same thing as the backups it had. Michael Durr looked actually really good in the few minutes he played, and he was being aggressive, and he was carving out space for himself in the post. I'd have gone back to him more. Um, you know, he got called for a travel on on a hook shot that absolutely was not a travel. I don't know what that was all about. But the guy scored four points. He only played nine minutes, and he looked like he was carving out room in the post. He was passing the ball well. He was able to step out on the perimeter and move the ball there. That's a guy who was actually doing something, and you went away from him. Um, you know, Leo came in late. I don't know. Cop didn't play down the stretch. I don't know if there's an injury there or something. I don't know if anybody has said, but Leo played a lot late, wasn't really doing much. I thought he played pretty well defensively. He was overmatched, but I thought he was at least, you know, trying. But he was basically standing in the corner waiting for a ball to come to him. Uh, I thought Cop moved really well in the first half. We didn't see him a whole lot in the second half, uh, it, down the stretch, especially. I think he had 11 minutes in the second half, uh, but he didn't even get a three point attempt in the second. Half. The only attempt he had was he forced up one sort of a fadeaway in the lane where he was spinning around. I, I don't know what's going on, coach. I really don't. But these guys, for some reason, can only expend 20 minutes worth of energy, 20 to 25 minutes worth of energy. And then they're not focused. They. You know, they only had four turnovers in the second half, but some of the shots and offensive possessions they had were as good as turnovers. I mean, it was terrible. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the what the deal is here. But you've coached. You ever have teams come out flat? What's the explanation? It just happens and and it keeps happening to this team. And it's becoming a pattern. We said they need to start the games better. They need to start games better. They need to start games better. They started this game better. The problem is. The real problem is they can't put two halves together. So that's now the focus is maybe they'll start the next one better and 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 flop in the second half again. I don't know, but this is a game you had to have. I mean, this was there for the taking. You had to have it. Could have been 2-0 and in the Big Ten. You could have felt really good about yourself going into your next couple games. Nope, gone. Now you feel really bad and you're back to the drawing board. Uh, I, I'm going to come to you, Chris, in a second, I, and I'll probably catch some grief for this, but um... – Teams are who teams are. Uh, we got a lot of guys back from the transfer portal who had big uh, mental lapses and runs, and I, I like the guys and I root for them, and I think they're they're really good. But this is no different than what we've seen in the last two or three years. We have a new coach, but but the team's playing the same way. Is like you get a lead and you you have a mental lapse or you get down. Uh, we're seeing it. It's a better because we're not necessarily having longer uh, stretches. Although today was a second half of seventeen points. Um, it didn't you score know, in the last it's, three minutes. It's um, it's stuff that we've seen before in seasons before. So, um, you know, it just might need time to 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 work itself out and 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 th those things. Uh, Chris, uh, I'll reiterate. I, I thought our post players, um, our high energy guys and, and high effort guys and high just offense and defense, and, and I thought they really uh, had a poor, a poor second half, uh, which then led. 
and I don't want to make excuses because I think Xavier was really, really poor tonight as well, but then people trying to make plays um, because the, the post play was, was just not there on both ends. Any other thoughts on why uh, the two halves were, were so different? You know, I, I have a magic answer for it. It just seems that, you know, these guys ride on major emotions and energy, and when things weren't kind of going their way the second half, they didn't really have an answer for it. And I know that, you know, Xavier's a very emotional guy, but I think in some cases, you know, he was trying to do too much. He was trying to be the hero. You know, a lot of people on social media were calling what he was doing hero ball and it just wasn't working. I thought Ray's played well overall, you know, especially down the stretch to try to get us back. But they just there was too many shots around the, around the rim that were missed. Um, I agree with what you said that their bigs, which never should have happened, were backing us down way too too much. There were those two side plays where they were backing down and then Trey slid over to play defense and his guy was wide open for a little jump hook right there on the side that, you know, that shouldn't have happened. But I just didn't understand, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I It's just I think there's so many moving parts to this team that we still don't know what's going to happen. You know, I looked at some of Woodson's comment about we can play with anybody in America. Well, yeah, you can when things are going right, but I think we still don't have a consistent ability to overcome adversity. We don't have the ability to hit down, knock down shots. We don't have the ability still to figure out a way to do something that is not the norm of of what we're seeing, which is a ball screen flash to the, you know, and there was a couple times it worked. You know, there was a high ball screen. Xavier drove in and there was an alley-oop to, to Trace. They tried it like three or four different times. Wisconsin kind of stopped it down toward the end. And then by the end of the game, it just seemed like Xavier was trying to go one-on-one and draw a foul and he wasn't getting the foul. So I, I don't know. Um it's it's mind-boggling to me that we could just play this poor in the second half and not have some kind of an adjustment to where something changes or gets guys in there, they're going to do something different because, I don't know, Cop, I thought, defensively was not great. Um, he obviously he had a couple shots in the beginning of the game. But like I said earlier, if you're having Leo in the game, you're not having him in there for defensive purposes. You're sitting – you're keep, keeping him in that corner for a reason – got to throw it in and figure out a way to find him to do something offensively because otherwise he's really not going to promote or you know bring something in there defensively that's any what we already have so they didn't get him know. a single shot they didn't so, get him a single shot so let, let let's talk a little bit about the bench i thought in the first half the bench brought some energy extended the lead and i thought the bench uh, as ryan said earlier stole some minutes uh important minutes in the second half and only gave up uh, a segment of two points I thought uh, Geronimo was ready to play uh, when, when he came in, did some nice things, got a free throw and rebound. He hasn't been great, he hasn't been great lately. So that yeah, was good and, to see. and he struggled, and that's a little bit of that up and down. Um, I have a little different take on, on Leo. I, I thought he played fantastic, and, and I think he doesn't need to score to do things. I think his passing is, is good, and I thought – I know that, uh, Davis hit him for a foul and an and one. That was a crazy shot. Uh, the three-point play late in the first. But I, I thought he he did some things. And what it shows me is that he's gaining trust with Woodson um, to do multiple things other than just come in and, and shoot the basketball. I was I was rather pleased with him. I thought Tamar struggled a little bit tonight, turning the ball yeah. over early, hit some big shots, uh, hit a big shot on, on a three. But Michael Durr, um, if you can get 
uh, eight to ten minutes for TJD to rest or foul trouble and, and get that kind of production. I thought that was really uh, if you were looking for a bright spot. So, you know, I, I thought Rob did some things that were. I just thought he was okay, which that's what he needs to be off the bench. Uh, as long as he's not uh, really bad, uh, I thought he had a nice run out. Um, you know, on the fast break, which tomorrow was part of. So if there is an overall bright spot for me is uh, refinding um, uh, the, the bench, and, and that's going to happen when your bench is younger guys uh, to some extent or, or new guys, that that uh, up and down play. But I thought the bench did what they needed to do to win the game. This one was more on, uh, again, I, I'm going to go back to the best three players I thought didn't have best three-player games. Ryan, your, your thoughts on, on bench play? <sighs> Well, one thing I want to say is a lot of people are saying, why don't you bench Xavier Johnson for Rob Finnessy in the second half, blah, blah, blah. And Indiana's ceiling with Xavier Johnson is so much higher than it is with Rob Finnessy because Rob is too hesitant. He, We've seen it for years now. Love Rob. He's a great kid, but he's too hesitant. And this team wants to play fast. Perfect example. At the end of the first half, you got about 10 seconds left. You inbound the ball to Rob and he jogs it up. You have 10 seconds left. You know, sprints up the floor. Maybe you get a scramble situation. You get something. He jogs it up and then kind of does a little move, gets to the corner and throws up a three that we know is never has no chance of going in. Xavier Johnson sprints that up the floor and looks for something. Now, maybe he misses the shot. Maybe he turns it over. I don't know. But the ceiling is so much higher because he gets tempo. He gets that. And Rob, a lot of times, will dribble, 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 you know, find a spot, look like he's going to throw it to the post, catch it, hold it. Uh, that that's That might be a a 60-40 chance of working, so I'm going to go look over here and just reverse the ball. Sometimes you need somebody to force something, you know, especially when you're playing very poorly, as Indiana was in the second half. And yes, Rob had a good had a good finish on one layup. When he doesn't think, he plays pretty well. The problem is he thinks too much, and you can see it on the court. He's He holds the ball, holds the ball, says, nah, I don't know if that guy's open. By the time he's done thinking, the guy isn't open. You know, and it's you sometimes have to just play on instinct. And Xavier Johnson plays a lot on instinct. One for 10 from the field, not great for Xavier Johnson. One for four from the free throw line, not great. But I will say this late in the game where there were no open shots and nobody was doing anything and everybody's standing around, he at least tried to go north and south and finish and, and get some shots at the rim. Now, some of the shots he took had zero chance of going in, but at least he was doing something. One of them, Race Thompson, grabbed and laid back in, and it was almost a huge moment for Indiana. Too bad they, you know, Wisconsin just steamrolled them down the stretch with an 11 0 run to end the game. I mean, I can't believe I just said that, but 11 0 run to end the game. But Johnson just, at least he was doing something to go north south. Now he was out of control at times, and he needs to be smarter with his, with, with defensively getting stupid fouls off the ball and things like that. But at least there's some upside there where they feel like Rob is who Rob is. We He's exactly who he's been the last couple of years. He can't hit threes consistently. He's too hesitant. And you see the potential every once in a while when he, you know, just doesn't think and goes. But it just feels like he's too much in a shell to be successful. So when people saying like, oh, bench this guy for this guy, as far as we know, Lander is not playing because somebody has suggested he's hurt. I don't know if that's I, I we haven't had any official confirmation of that, but the, the the rumor is that he's he's banged up right now. So that's why he didn't come in the game, but possibly why he didn't come in the game. But Xavier Johnson, there's a reason why he plays, and there's a reason why he's the starter. It's because there is more there with him. The problem is he needs to settle down and play more within himself. And, you know, he's just not doing that right now. You know, I'll just encourage people, you know, we're all we're all upset about the loss and we're angry and we're pointing fingers and rightfully so at places. But 
no coach in America would bench Xavier Johnson after the first half he had. Um, no, he had six, uh, seven rebounds, six assists, and 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 points, and really ran that offense to get Indiana forty-two points. And then the the, the question becomes: uh, Everyone's been saying, "Oh, Woody's great at giving confidence." You start pulling people after one mistake or a couple bad minutes that have had a great half, and you lose the team. So, a, a, as much as this loss is bad, disappointing, embarrassing, what you want to talk about, um, you know. Indiana led by 10 late, uh, and and you knew Wisconsin was going to make a run. Um, you know, uh, Coach Guard didn't bench Davidson and, John, and Johnny Davis in the first half. Uh, when they got down, he stuck with them. You, you stick with your guys. Uh, and that doesn't mean you don't substitute if someone's really having a, an off moment there, but Ryan's a- exactly right. Uh, Xavier was asked to, to do some things. He's not a closer right now. Uh, Indiana doesn't have a closer. They had a, they have two of them, Davison uh, and, and Johnny Davis. And Johnny Davis hits an incredible three to put him up 60 to 59. Um, we don't we don't have the answer right now. Uh, our three best players were not able to hit shots in the last five or six minutes. Um, but TJD got the ball, Race Thompson got the ball, and Xavier Johnson got the ball. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to draw up anything for Tamar Bates there late because it was a it was a tough half. You got to go with the guys uh, in in that situation. Um, Chris, uh, anyone off the bench that that you'd like to talk about? I thought the bench was probably the overall bright spot uh, collectively. I mean, I think Michael Durr showed that he has the ability to be a solid you know, down post player. He's got good hands, good footwork. I thought he got totally on that left-hand jump hook because I think Ryan made a good point that it was an anticipation call of the travel. Um, That was, that was ridiculous. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think Geronimo, Geronimo's Jordan's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to come in. He's going to be athletic, go after rebounds. Um, He's not a consistent scorer. I thought he played really good in the minutes that he had. I think, that we still are just – I think we're still trying to figure out lineups. I think that I get worried a little bit sometimes when when Race and Trace are out of the game too long, uh, even if you're in a situation where you're going to kind of be able to have a steady lead in the second half for about 10, up 10 to 12. The thing that, you know, I think that could be relatable to this somewhat is that that second foul that Xavier got late in the first – you could just see Woodson's reaction to that yep. because I think that changed a lot of the dynamics going into the second half. And this is something that he continuously struggles with because he is such an emotional, uh, you know, such a big emotional player that when he gets in that situation and you have to bring in Rob in, and I love Rob, I I will continuously love until he leaves, but he is not going to be the player that we want him to be. And I think we have to, you know, err on his defensive abilities, um, on those, I thought that he was going to be able to be more shut down tonight against Brad Davison. Um, you know, he didn't have the you know the, the matchups there. I couldn't put him on there um, the entire game because Hepburn was going to be handling the ball a lot too. But um, you know, I, I, I liked what Leo brought in. You know, I, I wish he would score more. I know that he is a good passer. He has good vision on the floor. He's not in there for defense, but. Um, it is nice to see that we can bring somebody in where Trace doesn't have to play 38 minutes. But I, I really question, and I again, this is just my opinion, I question if we left the starters out too long. Uh, you know, and you notice that Woodson had to call a timeout just to get him back in because it was just, I mean, we were under six and a half minutes to go. And, 
you know, we didn't have Xavier, we didn't have race, and we didn't have Trace in the game. I don't know. I, I, I can see some bright spots in it, but it's hard to, you know, be super positive considering the outlook. So, All right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss uh, to Wisconsin again at the Kohl Center, uh, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed, and we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is AJ Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers! You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Coach uh, Brian Tonsoni uh, here with Chris Williams and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's loss to Wisconsin, 64-59 at the Kohl Center. Uh, it's time uh, today for uh, today's meaningful moments you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Well, I wrote several of these down in the first half, not expecting uh, the second half to to go to go as bad, uh, but maybe we can turn this around. We've already talked about Geronimo um, being being ready to play. Um, I also had written down TJD breaking out of the double team. I thought that was a, a pretty good uh, thing early in the first half, and then was non-existent. It wasn't finished in the second half. We all already have talked about uh, Anthony Leo uh, coming in, and for the most part, I think doing his job when when he was called on. Um, so. You know, those were, were my first half moments. And I'll throw those out there because we're not really going to talk a whole lot uh, about that. But um, I'm going to go back. You, you probably probably didn't miss this, but early on, the first play, there was a bad switch on Davis. They, Indiana was switching uh, the back screen and the down screen action, and I think it was Xavier Johnson. Very first play, and, and Davis hits a shot. And, and right away, that – I thought Indiana's defense in the second half was okay. Uh, you, you hold a team to 64 points uh, and really 60 until you had to foul. Uh, you're doing you're doing some good work, uh, but that was a missed uh, switch. Uh, Wisconsin started slipping some screens uh, quite actively. Uh, Indiana figured that out 
Uh, but I, I have it written down. There were several missed switches the way it was uh, drawn up. Indiana was doing what we call a, an X-out switch on the backside on a, on a roll replace, um, and, and Geronimo did it right. But I think, again, it was a guard. It was either Xavier Johnson or Parker Stewart that left a wide-open shooter. Um, uh, so one of the things that I'll point that someone might have missed is the strategy there was to appropriately switch and cover up on some of their perimeters uh, and, and shut shut uh, down. And it, in a loss of five points, really a lot closer than that, uh, you give guys momentum when you give them open looks when you don't execute on defense. And you're never going to be perfect. But but those couple of missed – I counted four missed switches. Um, and, and, again – those things give momentum, and so that's the the meaningful moment I think that that we might have missed. Um, Chris, any moments for you that uh, stood out that were kind of behind the scenes that that added to this loss? I don't have one specifically. I would just say that the ball movement was just so much better in in the first half, and I know that Wisconsin adjusted, but you know I. I would say something quickly that, you know, when shots fall, the game's a lot more fun. And I know that's a generic kind of cheesy statement, but, you know, we had it. It was just fun to watch in the first half, the ball movement and the adjustment. And, and you know, that transitioning to what I thought was really good on-ball defense, frustrating them into some really bad shots, as bad as, as I've seen Wisconsin shoot it. And then, you know, it just didn't, uh, you know, in the second half, but I would just, you know, I don't have something specific to pick out because I just honestly have blanked on so much of, you know, what I wrote down in the first half. But I, I, I would say that the ball movement and the ability to get the, the shots down in the first half was great. And I think it's just in general because it just didn't happen in, you know, in the second half. So I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to bring it back up. So Ryan, any moments that stood out um, probably poor more than good that, that we might've missed? Every single vote offensive rebound, every single one, because they just added to the defensive issues for Indiana in the second half. I mean, Wisconsin, you know, in the second half, Wisconsin only shot 40% from the field. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like they dominated, but Indiana was so bad, just so bad. They were 11 to 13 from the free throw line, and they took advantage of their chances at the free throw line, which Indiana didn't do. But Indiana was just so bad in the second half that all Wisconsin had to do was play okay, and they won. And and yep. that's what drives me nuts about this the most. It's not like Wisconsin went on some ungodly run of hitting threes or something like that. There were four of 13 from the three-point line in the second half. And so it's all those little things, offensive rebounds, uh, you know, not cutting hard. Guys just not cutting hard to get open, to get the ball. I mean, I don't know. I just... Yeah. I don't know. I, I there's not a, there's not a specific moment. It was just a trend. You saw yeah. it coming from the beginning of the half too. You just saw it coming. There's a bunch like, of oh, moments. No, not again. Not John, again. Yeah. John in the chat, I think, said it uh, uh, perfectly. Uh, Indiana got outworked, and they got outworked in, in, in where our strength is in the post. Uh, those offensive rebounds. Uh, I know one took a bad bounce or hung up there, and the jump was too early for race, but. Um, I mean, that's making excuses. Go go get the rebound. Um, but even on the offensive end, they were able to block our post shots, and we were more athletic and stronger and quicker. How how their post play um, – I, I haven't looked at the stats and the numbers. I don't know if the numbers back that up. But just watching it, our posts were pretty much even 
and that shouldn't have been the case. But I think in the second half, they were dominated in the second half with offensive rebounds, as you say, Ryan, and, and uh, then uh, just not being able to score when you had one-on-one coverage. Make a move. Get to the basket. Go through somebody. Um, I, I, that's just – I know I'm hitting it, and it's a, over and over again. I apologize. But to me, uh, Race and Trace did not have a good, good half and just really, really added to the struggles. Um, so now it's time uh, to go uh, inside the numbers, and this segment is sponsored by the Power Rank, where our friend Ed uses data and analytics to uh, make accurate football and college basketball predictions. He also writes an incredible March Madness guide every year, which we'll have a special offer for you once March rolls around. For now, if you want sports betting advice with the PhD Edge, or if you just like understanding sports at a more analytical level, you should subscribe to Ed's free newsletter. Go to thepowerrank.com backslash AC to subscribe. That's thepowerrank.com backslash AC. Okay, let's dissect uh, dissect the numbers that tell the story of of this game. Uh, I'm going to start with 22.6% shooting and zero for five from three. And incredibly, uh, I don't uh, quickly, I'll look for the free throw numbers here. Um, Three of nine from the free throw line. And I... I know All in the second. You're, you're talking in the second, just half. in the second half. Um, and I know we talk about coach giving confidence and that's why the guys couldn't shoot last year. Cause Archie took all their confidence and everyone loves Woodson cause he gives them confidence. Uh, and I've always said players make shots, uh, players make shots. Um, I, and maybe the design wasn't good enough. I, I I could look into that, and they weren't getting good shots, and the shot clock ran, ran down. But 17 points, 22% shooting, uh, three of nine from the free throw line. Guys, you want to win, make shots. So the stat that stands out for me is the, the absolutely inability for Indiana to make shots in the second half. Chris, uh, either comment on, on that or throw out some, some numbers that, that, that you think uh, mattered in this game. Yeah, I just, you know, you're echoing the fact that you're taking advantage of, you know, continuing the hot shooting you had in the first half and not finding the ability to get the, to find the open man and and not being aggressive down low as Trey should have been. He should have been able to draw so many more fouls and go to the foul line so many more. But, you know, the irony is, is that we, you know, all those three or four different transitions, they kept getting the rebound. We still out rebounded them altogether, especially on the offensive end, but, um, yeah, the, the lack of shooting, I think I'm just, you know, I'm, you said it all. It's, it's the fact that we just couldn't create shots. We kept settling for bad shots or we kept trying to go in and have Xavier try to draw a foul, which was not working. And, you know, they, the refs were eating their whistles a lot of times, whether we like it or not. So, um, yeah, it just came down to the fact that we went absolutely cold in the second half when we were shooting 55 for the first half. And that's that's the story of the ball game because the turnover numbers – you know, we were below our, our number that coach wants us to have at 12. We had nine for the game, and it just came to us being absolutely abysmal from the offensive end in the second half. Ryan, any numbers stand out for you? I said at the beginning, uh, at the end of the first half, I said this. Great half for Indiana. Absolutely great. Need to avoid turnovers in the second half. They did. And continue to bring the D. They did not. And I said the, the Indiana shooting percentage won't hold. But if they just play smart, they've got this. They didn't play smart. And and yeah, and you're saying, Coach, you know, the guys didn't make shots. I agree with that to some degree. You know, certainly one-on-one in the post, you got to make shots occasionally. You, you just have to – sometimes you got to make a hook with a hand in your face. It's just when you're Trace Jackson Davis, you're an All-American, you got to be able to make that shot. 
uh, at least, you know, 50 to 60% of the time. Uh, but they also weren't getting open looks in the second half. And so uh, my number is, uh, is certainly I echo the shooting numbers that you had. But here's here's another number. When you're not making shots, what do you have to do? Step it up defensively. Step it up with the hustle plays. Do things like that. Maybe create some transition opportunities. One block and one steal in the entire second half. You've got Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, and you've got you know other guys like Geronimo and uh, you know other guys who can scramble. Xavier Johnson will, will reach in and grab a steal. One block, one steal. Getting out hustled, getting out efforted, and the worst part about it, the worst part about it, they got out toughed all night long, especially in that second half. Their big men wanted it more than Indiana's big men. That's a problem. Again, that's happening. Put in the other guys. Put in Durr. Put in Geronimo. Give them a couple minutes. Do, see what they do. But if you're getting pushed around by Wisconsin's big men, you're going to have a real tough problem when you play Purdue, when you play Michigan, when you play Michigan State. Like Wisconsin's guys are just the typical Wisconsin guys they have. That's not Frank Kaminsky out there. That's not Ethan Happ. They're just guys who are okay. And they outworked you all night. Trace Jackson Davis in the second half was a minus 22. Minus 22. When he was on the floor, Indiana got beat by 22 points. Plus minus is not is a very flawed stat. But that tells you when he was on the floor, when Parker Stewart was on the floor, they were both minus 22. They're not a good they were a worse team when those guys were on the on the floor in the second half. So Look, I, there's a lot of things you could talk about this game. There's a lot of numbers you could look at. There's a lot of everything. This was a, I, I don't want to swear, this was a really bad effort in the second half. I mean, just the effort was not there. The focus was not there. And 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 it just shows. I mean, you look at the second half box score alone, and it's just like that is an unmitigated disaster of a box score. Yeah, I I. I don't have much to say i i was when i signed on you guys asked if my mic was working because i was just sitting in stunned silence at at what you were watching in in a complete reversal and and if you guys know me now for a few years it's hard to get me to be silent um the, the the numbers back up the play in the second half and it's sad because the first half would have been so much fun to talk about but it was just it's just whitewashed uh with, with the absolute uh, poor play. One, one of the things I, I want to talk about a storyline is timeouts. I thought Woodson took a couple nice timeouts early, kind of cost him late because he, he used them, but I thought there were times where he wanted the play got a little ragged offensively and bad choices were being made and he, he uh, called a, a timeout, got a good set. Uh, in the second half, there, there was a, uh, out of a timeout, not the one that he took, but he did have a TJD lob uh, to put go up 49-35. Uh, later, it was 56-48, put TJD back in, and TJD gets the ball in the post, gets fouled, but he only hits one of two free throws. I thought, in all honesty, trying to find something positive to talk about, I thought the execution coming out of timeouts and his use of timeouts was okay in the first half because he wanted to settle people down, but, boy, I wish he, I think he wished he had a, had a couple extra timeouts late. So one of the disadvantages is everyone yells, take a timeout in the first half, uh, get settled down or, or get kids fired up or, 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 or rip them. I thought he did a really nice job in the first half, but the, the negative of that is uh, you lose them when you use them. So um, it, it came back to haunt him a little bit. But I thought execution out of the timeouts um, – was okay and a game like this you just wish you had 30 timeouts so you could explain to the guys exactly what to do because I thought 
when they were on their own, their decision making and their effort in the second half wasn't bad. Uh, Ryan, thoughts on 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 the use of timeouts today by Coach Woodson? I thought he waited too long to use the one in the second half where he took it about six twenty something or something like that. I thought he waited about a minute too long there, correct? And I thought yeah. he could have gotten his his starters back in a little earlier. And um, it was you know that was falling apart there. The second unit had lasted for a while and it done okay and kind of held its own and it started to lose it. And I thought that he should have taken it about a minute earlier. Um, you know, maybe he was hoping for something. You're right. Cause it was, there. it was 56, 54. The group had come in and outscored five to three. And then the last two possessions, they gave up two baskets and it was 56, 48. And he was forced to call a and timeout. And they were pretty, they were pretty easy baskets too. It felt, yeah. it felt like, it felt like, you know, they, they were wilting there and yeah. uh, you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think that he waited a little long. I did think the one he took in the first half when they had a lead was kind of quick and and maybe not necessary there. Maybe you wait for a stoppage and make a sub there or something. Um, but you know, if that's what he what he wanted to do, I mean that that's what the coach's prerogative. But I th- I did think the one in yeah. the second half he waited too, he waited too long. I, I I get that. I think he was waiting for a stoppage at the eight minute mark. Uh, yeah. In your situation, in the first one, uh, Indiana had a lead. And then just went helter skelter and, and had like yes. two or three bad possessions. Yeah. And he know he knew that you need you don't want to give momentum uh, because of your bad decisions. So that's where I thought it was. I thought it was good at that time. I don't know that I would sure, have you, taken I, it, you but can I don't make, have a problem with it. Um, yeah, you at, can at make all. the argument that that was that was a smart thing to do to make sure they kept the momentum and all that. I'm not yeah. don't argue with that one. I just then, I was surprised. He, I was surprised right. he took it. Doesn't make it a bad timeout. I did think the one in in the second half he waited probably a minute too late. And then he took a second one in the first half um, to set a play, which a lot of coaches do too, but that's usually your use it or lose it. Uh, timeout, right. but I did like the execution. I wrote down. I think they scored on almost every every time they came out uh, of even TV timeouts. I thought they executed, which again I think Chris speaks to the fact that right now this is a really a coach led team instead of a player led team, which is disappointing with some of the experience that is on this team. It's like when when he diagrams something, they go out and do it, but left to the to their own and calling the play or not calling the play or the right play or the wrong play. I'm not excusing Coach Woodson by any means here. It seems like the decision making and the execution when left to the players was absolutely bad in the second half. Any thoughts on timeouts or or or, or Coach Woodson's design stuff? No, nothing, nothing really to add on. I just, I agree though that, you know, that second unit was kind of losing control of it. And you could tell that he didn't want to get, you know, get rid of his timeout to only have one left. And I, like, I, I wish he would have brought Trace in a minute or two earlier because, you know, I know you want to, you don't want to have him play 34 minutes a game, but you know, the, there's only so much that Michael Durr is going to be able to do in the game. There's only so much that Jordan Geronimo is going to be able to do in the game. And the, that second unit, you know, gave the guys a rest, but it was just a little too late. But I, I, I think that, you know, I don't know. I, some of the play calling, if you're, you know, we kind of echoed this, but things got away with them when they kind of just tried to do some more isolation. And Xavier, again, we've already talked about this enough, but it just kind of got away from where we were not running any kind of, offense that seemed to be working on kind of ball movement. And it was more like, okay, Xavier's going to go in, try to draw a foul, and we're going to be out of position for the rebound. It's going to be a quick ball, and now we're in transition trying to play defense. So I, that that's the thing that to me that was so infuriating. And whether that's something that you're talking about Woodson making the decision, whether that's something where he's 
putting the trust in Xavier to do that. And then it's not happening. I'm not sure. That's the thing that still is kind of, you know, a question mark about how much is Woodson going to have with Xavier in the game is, I don't know if, if uh, that's something that's, you know, I don't know. Here, here's, here's the counter to that, Chris. I understand. But um, at 623, we put everyone back in and TJD gets fouled and misses a free throw. He then has a bad defensive possession, and the post player that's not really super good gets a little baby hook in the lane because he was caught watching the ball. The next possession, he gets caught watching the ball. The next possession, Xavier misses two free throws. Then off, then Race gets an offensive rebound to make it 59-53. Race misses, and Race fouls uh, a guy trying to slap at a basketball late. Uh, and then TJD misses one of two free throws. Xavier turns it over. So, you know, I understand where you say the bench was out there too long, but when the starters went, maybe you think that they just rested too long. No, they didn't, but, they but weren't doing when the starters yeah, no, came Trace, back in, they folded, uh, hugely yep, folded yep, yep. the last 623. So that, that, that's, um, that's always interesting because I too wanted those guys back in there, but boy, they didn't perform, uh, at all. And I know uh, down that, the stretch I know once that, they got back, I know in. that. And I know that Woodson is allowing Trace to, to slide over defensively to try to block yeah. the shot, but it wasn't as if he was even going for the ball. He was stagnant in the lane, and there was that dump pass, and his guy was in position, and Trace was late Perfect. getting to there two different yeah. times in a row. And that was, like you said, that was really, you know, and, and toward the end of the game, that was really the tr- that was the difference. Those two because plays were we, huge. We, and I don't like that strategy. Yeah. You can go block shots if the guy's in a scoring position, but ne- that guy was well defended by race. Yeah, he both was like times. hunting a block. Yeah. He, he was, was hunting a block. He was hunting a block of- at a key situation uh, and just stood and leave, there. And, and leaving his responsibilities to yeah. do so. You leave when the guy's got a clear straight up path. On, he I don't think he scores there. No, neither yeah. of them score. You wall up. Uh, that guy wasn't going to Make score him shoot over you. Yeah, uh, always he make wasn't going to shoot, shoot over Race Thompson. That, that's uh, that's dis- yeah. disappointing. Wisconsin uh, bigs are never known for their athleticism. We no, know that. So. No, no, no. So coming up on Assembly Call, we'll hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award. Then we'll introduce uh, a new segment uh, before looking at Indiana's next opponent. That's all here next on Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Co- Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Uh, I'm Coach uh, Brian Tonsoni here with Ryan Phillips. And Chris Williams, we're breaking down Indiana's loss uh, to Wisconsin. It's now time uh, for, for our game balls. Uh, Chris, uh, who, who do you give uh, a, a game ball to in, in this loss? Um, do I have to? <laughs> I, think, I think, shouldn't we petition Jared just to say, in a game like this, there is no game ball. It's a loss, and it's an embarrassing and horrible loss. Yeah. No, um, no, no game ball. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have to give a, a minor bright spot, although in a very much a supportive role to Michael Durr. You know, he's not going to be flashy. He's not going to score 10 points a game. Um, he should have had six points instead of the four. He came in and played solid defensively. He was switching really well, kind of going up to that high position, calling out screens, doing what he was supposed to be doing. So I give it to Michael Durr just because he had an assignment to do to come in, and he did it. And that played better than Trace Jackson Davis did overall in, in, in many parts of the game tonight. So I'm going to give it to Michael Durr. Ryan. We're going the same direction. Uh, I think Michael Durr was the only one who was positive for the entire time he was in the game. He finished with four points and one rebound and a, uh, and a turnover, but he was plus six when they were on the floor. They were better when he was on the floor, um, you know, and he didn't wilt like other people. He walled up on uh, Wisconsin's uh, big men. He should have had six points, by the way. So final score should really be 64, 61. Um, but he he walled up on those guys and and uh, defensively and then on offensively he was creating space for himself which the other guys weren't doing he had the confidence to shoot a little jumper you know that i think everybody was like what are you doing and it went right in um cuz he can do that and i think he's a guy who needs to play more quite frankly um and he gave consistent effort every minute he was on the floor there were only 9 of them but you know he gave consistent effort everybody else there's such a negative mark against them for this game i think that's the, the only direction you can really go and I think the hustle award is going to be pretty obvious too. I think uh, uh, let's make it uni- unanimous, um, anonymous. I wish I was anonymous right now and in, in bed, but um, I, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Michael Durr for for a lot of the reasons. I, I think until you mentioned the minus 22 in the second half for Parker Stewart, which I think is more of who he played with than than his own. Um, his ability to knock down open shots is going to be good. Uh, I think that's the only other one that I think that you can give. Um, you know, he's never going to be a great defender or or a driver of the basketball. He was asked to hit shots. He didn't get them in the second half. So I, I think his minus – this is where plus minus is flawed. Um, I think it was more with the other guys on, on the floor. I like Parker Stewart a lot. He didn't take any crap in a jump ball earlier. 
with, with Davison. So that's the only one, but let's give it to uh, uh, Michael uh, Dewar. And now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services, based in the hometown of IU legend Calbert Chaney and hopefully future legend Christian Lander. Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. So now it's time for our uh, Hustle Award. Ryan, lead us off. I'm going with Jordan Geronimo. I just thought his energy the entire time he was on the floor was positive. Uh, he missed two shots. One was a dunk that, Jordan, you got to put that one down. I know I know his legs got bumped <laughs> out from under him, but you got to put that one down. Uh 0 for 1 on from 3 uh, was his other miss, but he's 3 of 4 from the free throw line and looked a little better on his free throws this time. I mean, his form is is great, but he doesn't trust himself, so he overshoots the ball a little bit, and that's why everything's long. Um, but he had five rebounds, two offensive, uh, two blocks uh, in 10 minutes. It was plus 9, led the team in plus 9 along with Tamar Bates. So, look, Indiana was better when he was on the floor tonight, and, and uh, I think that Ray Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis were great on the floor in the first half, and terrible in the second half. And so overall, you got to say Geronimo didn't have a lot of negative plays and, 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 you know, wasn't hung with sort of what happened late to the other guys. So I, I got to go with Geronimo. I thought he put consistent effort in. I thought it was after the last two games where I didn't think he was very good at all. I think he really had a bounce back and look, look like an effective player tonight. Chris hustle award. Yeah. I don't like being in these situations to kind of, you know, because of the play was so bad, we have to look at these kind of situations. But I, I, I don't think it could be anybody else but Jordan. You know, athleticism. You know, the re, his rebounding ability. That one where he had, you know, like, he had the rebound, and got the put back because he clearly was more athletic than the guy who was blocking him out. Um, continues to show us what he can do. He's on the floor. Um, his offensive game is still, you know, to be determined. But yeah, I don't see anybody who could be. Uh, position tonight more than him because of how bad our starters played i'm gonna make it again um three for three uh, on geronimo i thought he was ready to play and, and that first free throw rebound and and that uh, I, I thought was fantastic if we're going to give uh any kind of consideration otherwise i thought leo came in and hustled uh leo is leo um i think he passes well i think he's in the right spots defensively he's in a great stance um but jordan geronimo um did bounce back from uh, a couple tough outings, and really, I thought was uh, got a lot out of out of his minutes. So um, Geronimo gets our uh, hustle award. Now it's time for uh, our our lingering questions, and if you want to go ahead, chat mob, throw some questions in there. We'll pick one uh, for the lingering question for the panel. But Ryan, I want to talk to you. It, it, we can't really talk about this because uh, it was Indiana's horrible performance in the second half that lost this game. But I did think we got some Cole Center refereeing. I thought there was a hook and hold on Davison on one of X's uh, files earlier that was blatant, even yep. after going to the film uh, th that yep. was was missed. Uh, I think there was a, a, a loose ball on a drive that they said hit the stanchion, which never hit the stanchion, came down and hit a Wisconsin guy, which cost Indiana a turnover uh, late. And there was one uh, other um, – well, the travel on Durr was one, yep. so I think we kind of got some of that dang Cole Center uh, officiating. But, again, I don't want to even get close to saying that was the reason no. for, for this. But, boy, there were some questionable, uh, questionable calls uh, in that second half. 
Yeah, there certainly were, but I don't think this time, you know, and I'm the first one to, to jump on the officials at the Kohl center. And, and it seems like my rant, the last six or seven years, God, we've done this 11 years, but the last six or seven years have all been about the officiating, just taking teams out of the game. And, and it, it's not just Indiana. It's other teams that play there too. For some reason, there's some magical quality to that building um, that does that. But if, if this year, I, I can't even complain about the officiating because it had nothing to do with the outcome of the game. I think there were some bad calls, but in general, Indiana, 19 personal fouls, Wisconsin, 15. Uh, wasn't that big a difference. Wisconsin shot 18 free throws. Indiana shot 13, um, which isn't a huge difference, especially because Indiana fouled late to get to get guys to the line a couple times. And the other thing is Wisconsin was aggressive in the second half, and a lot of their, their big men were shooting free throws because they were throwing it inside and being aggressive where Indiana's weren't. So kind of evens out. I mean, the first half, they didn't really call much either way. They kind of allowed them to play, which I appreciated. Second half, it was a little bit more a little bit tighter, but I mean, the guy who all he wants to do is rip the officials at the Cole center is sitting here telling you that did not change the outcome of the game. Indiana's lack of effort and focus changed the outcome of the game. So uh, I can't really complain too much about the officiating tonight. I didn't think it was great. And I thought there were a, a number of significant missed calls, but you know, I, I don't think that really was, was a bit, had a big impact on the game. Indiana just not showing up at all in the second half is what caused this. Yeah, I agree. I, I hesitated to bring that up, but boy, there, there, a couple of those calls were. Um, I, I just think you know. No, they were terrible. I, I'm not a big officiating. The Davison guy either, one but. that they should have overturned the Davison one. That yeah. was pretty obvious. That the reason Xavier's arm went up was because it was hooked, hooked under his. Yeah. That absolutely has. Even if you don't call a hook and hold there. Just you have to switch the you have to change the call. I don't know yeah. if they're alive. I'm pretty sure they're allowed to do that. But look at that and be like, hey, no, this is the wrong call. And they, what they were looking at is to see if Xavier hit him in the face because Davison acted like he got hit in the face and Xavier's arm never went anywhere near his chin or his face. Um, that was terrible. The dirt travel was an anticipation call and what he anticipated happening never happened. Uh, and then there, yeah, there were a couple other bad ones, but it's, you know, the ball hits a guy standing out of bounds and they call it out on Indiana. I, you know, whatever, but those, you know, that even if Indiana gets all of those calls, this still happens. Cause what are they going to do with an offensive possession when they have no offensive flow and nobody doing anything? You think they're miraculously going to turn this around and get a basket? I mean, I don't, uh, I just don't think that the way they were going, I, I look about halfway through that half, I told someone, I was like, they're going to blow this. Like, it's just the, 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 the demeanor of the players. The last three minutes, I, like, there were breaks in the last three minutes where everybody's shoulders were slumped. It's like, it's basically a tie game. You know, all you have to do is go down and score one basket, and you're right back in this winning it. And they were actually ahead at the time I saw this, and a ball was out of bounds, and everybody was just kind of slumped shoulders, staring off into the distance. Like, stop feeling bad for yourselves and, get and it play done. the yeah. game. Yeah. Get it done. One basket changes the momentum of this game. You Trace Jackson Davis goes down, back the guy down, and hits a hook shot. Game changes because then Wisconsin's like, damn it, now we got to come back again. We got we're down instead of being down three, we're down five. That's two possessions. Just suck it up at some point. Stop like feeling bad for yourself that things aren't going your way and play basketball. It's what you're there to do. Play basketball, and it just felt like too often. In the second half, Indiana did not want to play basketball. They wanted to run the clock out and wait for it to be over. And that's how you get beat. And that's how in Wisconsin, uh, again, I cannot stand Wisconsin, but they worked their tails off in that second half to earn that win. 
Sorry, I, sorry, I brought up the officials. Chat mob, please listen to us. We are not blaming this game on the officials. We there were a couple questionable calls. This is a post game show. We're going to talk about a, a couple questionable calls. But if you're interpreting that we're blaming the officials, you need to make sure you go back and listen to to our conversation. Um, but I just thought there were a couple of calls um, that that had some uh, momentum shift in it, uh, and we're going to address that. But we are not by any means. Uh, blaming the officials. It was all about the play in the second half. So make sure we just clear um, clear that up. Unless you just want to listen to uh, whatever you want to listen to. You are listening to the Assembly Call postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your uh, first order. Okay, guys, it's time uh, for uh, last call. Ryan, last call on a disappointing uh, Cole Center loss. It was embarrassing. This was absolutely embarrassing to watch. Indiana played so well in the first half. Absolutely played so well in the first half. And then just all that goodwill they built up by that great start just wasted it all by not playing hard, not playing smart, uh, not showing any effort, not showing any consistency, and just playing terrible in the second half. And they deserve to lose this game. You had a great first half, your best first half of the year, in my opinion, you deserve to lose that game if you don't put in the effort for 40 minutes. And so Mike Woodson and his staff have to figure this out, and it's on them to figure it out. As we've said repeatedly, the program is headed in the right direction. They've had some big recruiting wins. Uh, they've they've you know got things sort of on track. But when you lead by 22 on the road at Wisconsin, a chance to end a 20, 23 years of misery or whatever it is now, I've lost count, and you blow that, that's a bigger loss than, than you could possibly fathom. I mean, it just is. It's such a disaster. This team could have been 2-0 in the Big Ten. It felt really good about itself heading into the rest of the non-conference and then heading into the, the to start the big to start Big Ten play. Could have felt so much better about itself. Now they're going now, now they're limping home with their tail between their legs. And it's all on them. Nothing happened to them. Nothing happened to them. They did this to themselves. And so when you're sitting, when we're sitting there in February and looking back at the Big Ten standings, thinking there was a win sitting on a platter, and if they had just played smart and shown consistent effort, they had it, and they decided they they made a decision not to do that, and that's what's most disappointing. That's all they had to do was cruise to the finish line by playing smart, playing solid defense, and, and showing effort. They didn't do any of those things. So, Chris, Indiana deserved deserve to lose. Chris, your final thoughts. Last call. I mean, this is this is the kind of game that you know uh, we've been looking for a win for. You know, I know since Sunday, but in the last seasons with so much disappointment. This is the game that if you want to get the people off the back of the program, this is the game you win. This is the game that you win that you can look back and as a quality win at the end of the season. And like Ryan said, this was served up for us. It could not have been if we had just executed the way we wanted to and played with more toughness. And there was very little outside of some situations where some of our guys got a little chipper with them. And that's good to see. But, you know, Trey seemed pretty, you know, apathetic tonight, some of the other as well. And so now we're, we're looking at, you know, you got what? You got five, you got four non-conference games coming up. You know, you got – you should win the next four realistically and win five in a row if you include at Penn State. And then you're served up against Ohio State on the sixth – where, you know, you got to start rolling and you got to start getting the games that you're supposed to, you know, and Woodson doesn't want to lose at home. Well, that's a true test for it. But 
I think this would have been such a nice emotional win going into, you know, games that we should take on Sunday, obviously. And then hopefully, you know, what we're looking for up at, at, at against Notre Dame and the crossroads and kind of thankfully seeing that through to the end, but just a gut punch because of the fact that this would have been such a great emotional win for this team where we haven't had those, especially on the road in the big 10, the last couple of seasons. Now we have to, kind of figure out a way to adjust it because they have got to figure out a way not to lose games and have to figure out a way to just step on the throats of their opponents and finally, once and for all, put them out of their misery and win the game. Because I was I was expecting Wisconsin to come back, but I thought we would be able to close out and have a nice 10 to 12-point victory. And boy, was I wrong. So, And, uh, you know, for for me, this we just don't know who this team is. Is it the first half team here, the second half team at Syracuse, or is it the first halves where you first or second halves you played bad? Uh, if you're looking for a positive, I saw some people wanting a positive to end the show. I can't really find too many. You're going to go back and watch the first half. That that ultimately is the potential maybe uh, of this program, uh, but it's a 40 minute game. It's not a a 20 minute game. Uh, so it's a loss uh, and, and there really are no positives. One thing I want to address Chris brought up is I'm getting a little tired of all the, the chattiness and the pop in the collar and the, and the talk and trash that's being allowed in the program. And then we give up uh, a lead of 22. If, if you're going to be um, talking uh, and, and that kind of program, then you need to back it up with wins. Um, this second half um, is embarrassing. Uh, it, it is disappointing and is embarrassing. And we got a lot of people talking uh, during the game uh, and, and doing things. We need to focus on making the right decisions and making free throws. Um, yeah, and I've always been one. I know people laugh about my drops and everything about popping the collar. There seems to be an awful lot of that, and I just thought that was confidence and a little bit of swagger. Maybe the program needed it. Um, but you know what? We need more than swagger. We need wins. Um, and, and this was a, a blown chance to get a win and it's a long season and it can get fixed and that's the positive. Um, but I'm also concerned from a bracketology aspect because this is not, we put out our bracket Friday, Indiana is nowhere near, not the first four out, not the second four out. They're about 12th team out of the tournament right now based on the first net. And that's just way too early. But when you miss opportunities like this to get a quad one win uh, up 22, uh, that's a gut – it is a gut punch. Um, so uh, that that's my final thought. I'm going to be here uh, tomorrow for the show where we'll get some other opinions uh, on the show, and uh, we'll wake up tomorrow, have a cup of coffee, and, and life goes on. Uh, but what a, what a disappointing uh, day that really didn't have to be uh, disappointing in – um, basketball. So uh, that'll do it. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to join, uh, don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigsdesign.com. Uh, regdesign.com for designing our logo and thank you for listening we'll be back to talk IU hoops again tomorrow night until then keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers thank you thanks for coming out and that'll do it thank God gentlemen I'm gonna I'm be honest and for any listeners in here 
this team's going to struggle to make the tournament, even if they right the ship and get some wins. There are, the Big Ten does not have right now uh, a lot of quad one opportunities like they have had in the past. Now, hopefully some teams will right the ship and get some big wins here in the non-conference, but um, and maybe that will balance out. But I counted ten remaining, including tonight, for IU possibly – uh, to get some, and you're going to need, and seven of them were on the road. So now you got six quad ones on the road and three. Some teams will move in and out of that, um, but boy, that that was a gut shot to me when the net came out. Uh, Indiana will be in the 60s probably tomorrow, uh, low 60s in in the net, and with only Notre Dame on the non-conference schedule, uh, which is a 137 net, which will do. It's a quad three game. Um, this is this is looking. It, it, I I I think I texted you, Ryan and, and Jared. I threw up in my mouth when I saw the, yeah. the NCA sheet um, because so much hope and, and and it's still there. We win fourteen, fifteen games in the conference. We're going to the tournament. Um, if they win twelve, they're probably going to the tournament. Just it's got to be it's got to be some win. of the right ones though. Yeah, I know. You know what I, I mean? It's, that, it's, that's that's just and then and that, when, you know and and let's be real. That might bounce back because other right. conferences could fall. I mean, you know, right. so you don't know what's going to happen, but right now it does not look good. No, and when Iona team, has a right. win over Alabama and Indiana doesn't have a, a quad one or quad two win yeah. and Iona does, you know, and, and it's yeah. early. It's early, and, early. And but some of the teams patterns. they played early could be better. And, yes, you know, there, there know, are but. patterns right now that um, don't look good for the Big Big Ten could get six, six, maybe seven teams in the way the conference, non-conference stuff. And, and the non-conference gonna, stuff it, matters. It, it, it Huge matter for the conference. The question, the question we'll have too is how many of these conferences eat each other once they start playing together. You know, how many end up with, you know, how many teams in one conference end up with eight, ten losses in conference and, and sort of eat each other up. I, I we don't know, but yeah, it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, the, the, ne- the negative thing of this, Ryan and and Chris, the negative thing of the the net. Once you establish you have good net, you could lose eight or ten, but you lose to a top twenty-five or top thirty. Once it's established. Uh, teams have gamed the RPI before it was RPI, or conferences have gamed the yeah. RPI. They've gamed the gained the uh, the net or gamed the net too, because once you have it established and you just play each other, you don't really fall out. And then every win or every loss is a is a good win or a good loss. That's why the non conference is so so important, and the Big Ten has struggled. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the Pac twelve the Pac twelve is even worse, like twice as worse than the and the ACC is only a, sh- get a shocker. I think there's going to be six teams possibly from the ACC and the Pac-12 in, uh, so there are, there are some opportunities there. But man, this just this just unbelievable um, twist tonight. And then we had to talk about it for so long. But um, keep your spirits up. We got a holiday season around. Um, and, and here's the other thing: you guys can sympathize with me. Uh, our, our Western team has similar issues. We struggle to make shots. Uh, we struggle to handle the basketball. When we play well, we can we put twenty some points up in the fourth quarter and won a game. Uh, but we had thirty two going into the first or uh, fourth quarter or something like that. So I'm not only watching it for the podcast. I'm kind of watching it in real life too with our our basketball team. But it's a long season. I feel I feel very I feel very sad for you, coach. All right, let's stop talking about this game before I go insane. All right, we'll shut her down. <laughs> <laughs> get this sent off. See and you guys. So, sorry, some more insane. It's yeah, unbelievable. All right, bye guys. All right, we'll uh, see you, everybody. Better, bye. Better see next time. Later, guys.